0: Welcome to Random Gaming Talk. It's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you doing?
1: I am doing good. Outside of the fact that my sinuses want to kill me today, I'm alright.
0: Oh dear. Um, Alright. What have you been playing in the last week or so?
1: Well, I've been playing some of Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, It's an interesting game. Visually, it's very heavily inspired by games like persona a jet set radio kind of that genre visually uh it's an interesting game the biggest detriment is that there's like forced quick time events which i've never really been a fan of in games mm-hmm. and it's not even forced like in a sense of oh you run into this one little area and you kind of have to do it i mean like like mob battles will all of a sudden kick you into a qte event and it's just kind of annoying
0: Okay. How how far are you into it now? Because you mentioned it uh, last week, I think.
1: Uh, I'm halfway through the third chapter.
0: Okay. Okay. So, early-ish. I, early-ish, I yeah. I'm going to guess that's like a 10 to 15 hour game or so. It, that's sort of what Roughly, it looks like. yeah. Yeah. So, cool. What else have you been playing?
1: Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. An update came out for uh, a stranded alien survival game. What's the name of that again?
0: Yeah, on. I think it's that one. I think David mentioned it somewhere.
1: Yeah, David actually got a code for it, <clears throat> which I'm super jealous for. But I went <laughs> ahead and ordered it. It's called uh, Stranded Alien Dawn. Um, they came out. It's not a 1.0 release yet, but they did do some uh, gameplay updates to it. They had introduced uh, animal you know, herding, which would make sense if you're stranded mm-hmm. on a planet. And you want to like cultivate a herd for food production. So they introduced that. Uh, they expanded some of the other things. They helped clarify a few things, which was very helpful. So I've been playing a little bit of that. Um, you just you're, The characters just still randomly die for no reason, huh. which is very bizarre. Yeah. It's like characters walking along. You know, every, every character has, like, pluses and minuses to their stats or whatever. And you're just going along, and all of a sudden, boom, they die.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um I right, I jumped into Forspoken this week <clears throat> as of a few days ago or earlier in the week whenever it was. Um I think I got the game on Wednesday but I was busy on Wednesday so I started it on Thursday. Anyway, um I like it so far. I am roughly 5 to 6 hours in I would say. Possibly I'm up to um chapter 4. Apparently there's 12 of them, so not far off the halfway mark from what it sounds. Um, one of the biggest complaints this game received was the dialogue. Now, it's either a case where I've not got far in enough to peer some of the, let's say, more cringy or worse written stuff, or I just don't feel the same way. Um, I mean, it's an open world game, so I, from what I understand, the more you do like the bits and pieces in the open world, which the game encourages you to do, maybe you get into more of those conversations, um, but I've just not found any sort of... Because I've, I've heard about, like, Frey gets sort of angry at him, or at, at the Cuff that, that you speak to, um, and, like, how, how, like, not great that is and stuff. I haven't really... Unless i was not noticed. I mean, I have been listening to what they say to each other, because it's kind of a core part of the game. Um, but that's been interesting. Um, the, the combat I'm getting into a very good flow with, which was one of my, like, um, gripes for the demo... Um, I, I put a tweet out, I'm not going to go and read it out or whatever, you can go find it if you want to, over on uh, E-talk UK over on Twitter. Um, the demo for this game, I remember when it came out and I only played it for like 20 minutes, and I was like, this doesn't seem great. Um, yeah, the demo does this game a complete injustice, because essentially what it does, like, n- neither of us are really Final Fantasy players, right, for example. Let's say somebody took Final Fantasy 10, right? And they had a save that was five to ten hours in and somebody handed me or you a controller and said, play the game. And like, sure, we're not, you know, inept at games. We know how to play games and, you know, we can work out controls and things. But we're not going to know how, like, systems in the game works or what's the best way to do a combo or all the little, like, sort of types of controls. That's kind of what the, looking back on the demo now, because the demo is roughly where I am in the game, in fact I think I came across the same section in, in, in the demo and by that point when you actually play the start of the game you've learned. obviously there's other things I could discover and upgrade and you know combos I maybe haven't done, um, but the demo is basically here you go, you're six hours into the game, we'll tell you roughly, we'll tell you what the controls are but we won't tell you like how to play the game um, especially with the traversal, like the traversal on, on the demo it just says hey push forward and Press and hold circle and Fray will run in a direction and then you can figure out the rest. There's like a specific way you're supposed to sort of do the traversal which the game, uh, the full release of the game actually teaches you. that. There's parts where um, cause essentially what happens when you press and hold circle she sort of puts on sort of like these bouncy, not bouncy, but like these bouncy kind of speed boots. In a way, not sort of like the flash, it's not quite that kind of movement. Because it's more to do with just her feet, it's not like the whole... You know how the flash is the whole f- speed force and can like, actually slow down time and what it's, it's not quite like that. But there's ways as to... Okay, if you're going up a surface, you've got to, like hold circle to a certain point. Then let go, press it again so she flips herself up in the air so you get more height. Then if you can, you can like jump off a piece of a surface to get yourself to the top... Um, or if you're lucky, you can kind of run up the wall, press circle, so she doesn't like flip, and then if you get a bit of energy back in that meantime, you can kind of do another one, I don't know if that's a way to, to cheese the traversal or whatever, but I have I found that I can do that, um, and then you can kind of just move on from there, and I got into a very good flow of of doing that, I can't quite fully control her movement at certain points, sometimes she goes a little bit faster than what I, you know, was, was prepared for, but that that might just be me. Because um, I'll be running full speed and I'll see items to pick up. And uh, I'll, I'll stop, but I'll sort of go just past where I wanted to. So maybe that's, I, I don't know what that's about. But um, yeah, I remember when the demo came out, and the general consensus was this is weird, this is just off and not great. And I, I would certainly agree with that. But um, like if I went and played the demo again now. I, I've learned how to play the game, so it's it's fine. Um, the, the cuff part of it is, is kind of interesting. Um, the, the dialogue and stuff between them is... I found it to be alright. I quite like Freya as a character. I think she's just very interesting for, for various different reasons. There is an issue at the beginning of the game. Um, I'm not going to give full context spoilers. I'm just going to explain the basic part of it. Um, she gets into trouble um so there's obviously a part where she she's living in i think it's new york or something and she's in just some trouble i'm not going to contextually explain what the trouble is because that might be spoilers she's in trouble and um an area where she is gets uh set on fire and she has her cat and a bag of money and she doesn't she doesn't have like a lot of things um because she's not like rich and and all that kind of stuff um But she has this bag of money and she has a cat. When she, uh, Let's say when the scene jumps to when the fire is in the area that she's in. There's a bag of money. Which is the same bag of money all shown in the previous scene. The bag of money is right next to you but you cannot pick it up. So you walk through, not through the fire. You somehow walk out of where you are. Pick up your cat and then leave. Which means that the bag of money that she then turns around to go and look at has burned, because obviously it's money; it's you know e- easily burned. So the bag of however much money it is, is is gone, and then she's like down in a lark and all this kind of stuff. And then she comes across uh, basically the cuff, and it uh, sends her to you know because it like sends her to the world of Athia, and then she ends up in in the main portion of the game because you're only in like the uh, previous bit for like maybe an hour or something but it was i remember seeing like a video clip of like okay why can't i pick up this bag and yeah i still kind of have the same question i don't know if it would have changed the plot or the trajectory of the story but it would have made a bit of a difference at least so that was uh that was kind of a bit of an issue within within the game as well um but no, so far I'm I'm impressed with like the flow of the combat and stuff. Um, there'll be points for all, like you know, get get things wrong and uh, and whatever else. But it um, was actually a combination that I learned just yesterday. A bit bit of a tip for anybody playing. If you've got because you've got your offensive attacks, attack sorry on um, R one and R two. So you hold R one to bring up like the weapon wheel, and then R two to shoot them out. And then L one and L two is like defensive stuff. So you can you can grow like this uh plant that will shoot at your enemies and you can grow this plant that will like hold enemies down you know like supportive type of uh combat things and you can unlock more things as you go and as you progress um there's a way with the adaptive triggers as well where because i would advise you don't just like keep spamming the button or hold it down you can like do a bit of a combination of both, and you can kind of do different attacks. Um, the game doesn't quite tell you that, but I think you're supposed to maybe figure that out on your own, which I did. Um, if you... Because the, the shield attack, which is in one of the offensive ones, um, I was like, this feels like something that's more defensive. If you, um, like, press and hold the shield attack, because it, it will... It, it's basically all sort of, like, earth-based combat. Like, you'll have... um branches and things like lots of earth um, and you can use those elements to sort of create some of her attacks like her normal burst attack is essentially shooting rocks really fast like little rocks that that. I mean they're not like normal types of rocks they're like magic sort of rocks but she can sort of shoot those quite fast and then if you do that for a certain bit of time that builds like a, up like a burst and then you can do that like one sort of stronger attack with that. So if you equip the, the shield attack and you'll have this big earthy sort of base round shield, what you're supposed to do is actually go right up to the enemy and then shoot at the enemy and it will knock them down. Maybe not every single type of enemy, some of them are, uh, are stronger than others. And then if you actually manage to knock an enemy down, there's lots of different ways you can do that. You can go over to them and do like a finishing kind of move. Um, one of the other ways you can do that is... Um, What's it called? I think it's called the burst shot. You can like summon this slightly bigger size, just normal rock-looking thing, and you can like shoot that at an enemy, and it will make them fling backwards, which will put them on the floor. You can then run over to them to uh, press triangle and then do do like a finishing move. So it's about kind of finding that what's what's sort of best for you and kind of um, uh, do, just doing the, these kind of combos rather than just shoot 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 dodge shoot 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 dodge. Like there's there's more to it than. ...than that, and I'm still even learning different parts and, and things like that. There's this one... I can't remember the name of it. There's this one defensive ta- attack, or supportive attack, that she does. And I can't for the life of me work out what it's actually doing. Um, for anybody who's played the game, if you can uh, tell me more about it... ...because the game tried to explain it, but I, I it's, the, it's the one thing out of all the attacks that I've got... ...that I don't actually understand what it's doing. It's this part where, because um, the cuff is on her left arm... And she sort of like raises her right arm and does like this pan sign of sorts and it has a flick of energy. But nothing sort of follows on from that, whether I'm supposed to hold the button longer or I I don't know. But I keep doing that to different enemies to see what it does and it doesn't actually seem to be doing anything. Maybe I'm missing because it's the only one that I haven't sort of figured out, all the others I sort of like... You know, I've I've done the attack and think, oh, okay, that does that. I can then do this afterwards. I have no idea what it actually does, and I can't think of the name of it, unfortunately. Um, it's one of the ones I think you start with, um, or it might be the first one that you unlock. But yeah, she just does this like flick of her wrist thing, and there's like a light that goes off, but it doesn't seem to do anything. It's uh, I don't know. So, um, but I I like it so far. Um, but, you know, I, even when the reviews came out and said, hey, this isn't great, it's kind of bad, kind of cringy in spots. And I thought, no, I'm going to, I've been waiting years for this game. I'm not going to let the reviews put me off. I'm going to go in knowing, like, okay, the consensus on this game, that's still an interesting thing. Um, but to go in and just think, okay, I was looking forward to this games for, like, my specific reasons of, you know, when the trailers came out and stuff. But um, apparently I like it more than most most people have done. So, but that's good. It's a game that I'm playing that I'm enjoying so um and yeah it's got its I'd, I'd say one of the things that hold holds this game back a little bit there are some like odd quality of life issues like certain presentation things and the game does a lot of stopping and starting and it could it could do with cutting some of that out a little bit um so yeah but th- those are those are gripes that are sort of are holding the game back a little bit but they're not ruining the experience for me um there's also to give the game another compliment as well and I don't mean this in like an outdated way. This kind of takes me back to those like 2007 sort of games. Like the, the, like the earlier sort of good Assassin's Creed games. Um, it kind of has a bit of that style to it. And I, I quite like that. Um, what have you seen so far from Forspoken?
1: Uh, uh, a lot of mixed reviews. A couple of content creators that I follow are cool with it. A couple that I follow um, just absolutely hate it. Um, AG ACG which is a content creator I follow they do reviews kind of like you do reviews in the sense that they don't give it a number they just do you know how you do a uh, Don't skip skip whatever Uh Uh, He he actually gave this a do not buy review Um, He described the dialogue banter between your main character and cuff as less as two good mates having to uh, Go at each other at a pub and more like awkwardly sitting next to an angry bitter bickering couple at a restaurant Um, Hmm. I've seen a little bit of it. I know the scene you're talking about with the money, and that scene just screams bad writing.
0: I didn't understand, Uh, like, why can't she pick the bag up? Yeah, exactly. I I, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Forced direction with the plot. Um, it's not a game that I would play regardless of that. Um, it's just it's it's very very much a mixed bag. Mm
0: Mhm. Yeah, but you know, some people are enjoying it, some people aren't. So there we go. Um what was the other thing I was going to say about it? Um I can't remember, but I'm I'm aiming to try to I'm not going to rush through it because it's a game I've been looking forward to for what 2 3 years or something. because um, I think it was supposed to come out last year. But uh um yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far, which is uh, which is the important part. So, um in terms of the banter stuff, I try to very because I saw some of it and I was like, oh, it does seem like she's a little bit like angry at him in certain situations, mainly during open world like side quest sort of events. Sorry about that. Mainly during like open world side quest sort of events when you're just out in the world fighting stuff. I try to look very closely at not physically closely, obviously, but like try to really look at Frey's journey as a character and she's kind of down on her luck right from the beginning and then gets flung into this world and she's got no idea what's going on and Cuff is trying to I think he's actually called Cuff, well, that's that's the nickname she comes up from or whatever. It's basically this metal sort of bracelet, but it it doesn't look like Wonder Woman's uh thing. It's more sort of got lines that sort of wrap around her wrist instead. Coil. It's more of a coil, right? yeah, more, yeah, more of a coil than an actual like brace thing. Um, and I tried to look at it from so- sort of both their perspectives. Of they're both kind of just stuck in the situation. Uh, she can't get the um, cuff thing off. He's trying to help her, and she's confused, angry, annoyed because of the situation. Like because of the situation she was in, and now she's been flung into this world where she's apparently like the hero, and she's like immune to this thing that's going on and she's like the only one who can save the day so it's 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 kind of a lot that uh a lot that she goes through i think both before and after she gets flung into the uh into the world because i imagine because like there's the bit where um she gets introduced to the cuff and she's like what the hell's going on why can't i get this thing off and it's talking to me i think most of us would be confused in that situation because would just be like what the hell you know so uh so i'm trying to look at it from uh from that sp- perspective, uh, anyway, I've been playing nothing else, but that's a lot of thoughts on For Spoken, um, and I'm sure I'll do a review for it um, when when I when I finish it. So, and then uh, possibly next week, depending on timing and other factors, uh, I may or may not be playing Hogwarts Legacy by uh, by next week, because that comes out on Friday, doesn't it? So there we go.
1: Friday. Uh, if you pre-order the uh, digital deluxe edition, you get it three days early.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's the 7th or the 10th, depending on what version you get. I did see some stuff on Twitter today that if you've pre-ordered the thing, the pre-download, I think, is available, like, today. I think it is anyway. So, go and check that out. Anyway, uh, let's jump into some housekeeping, and then we'll jump into some news. See you for that in a minute hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy All right, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I have two United cast episodes of this for this week. Uh, One was for yesterday's game, which was the 2-1 win against Crystal Palace at home in the Premier League. Another really, really fantastic performance and one where the team had to kind of avoid letting in a goal in the last couple of minutes. So the team held out, played really, really well and it's been going very, very well for the team so far. We also have a cup final coming up. I don't know how many of you know about that. On the 26th of February, we've got Newcastle. It's at neutral ground. It'll be at Wembley uh, in the Carabao Cup final. So a big, big chance for uh, this team to win a trophy, which is really, really exciting, really, really good. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. Um, also, just a quick update podcast as well, um, just on the Mason Greenwood situation. I don't need to explain it here. If you know about the situation, then you know about it. Um, but I did an update podcast on my thoughts and the... Somewhat more of a legal, complicated situation um, about the Mason Greenwood situation. So, I talked about that. Uh, over on Analyzing Television, episode 19, I talked about or posed the question of the death of the multicam sitcom. um Using the examples of How I Met Your Mother, Friends, and The Big Bang Theory, three sort of like, well, Friends is definitely a classic. The other two are a bit newer than that. But uh, talking about the kind of multicam sitcom, we do still have some of those types of shows, but um, we haven't really had. Um, any big ones in the last sort of couple of years, or at least not ones that have made the same sort of staple as things like Friends, Big Bang, and How I Meet Your Mother, and other shows like that. So, talked about all that and the classic kind of format and stuff, and how just cool those shows are to watch, and all that sort of thing. So, talked about all of that. Um, over on the chat podcast for the January 2023 edition, I talked again about Rishi Sunak and what's going on over here in the UK. Talked about The Last of Us, uh, talked about some podcast plans, and some general TV chatter as well. Um, over on the DC Talk side of things, I talked about the brand new DCU slate revealed. We have a bunch of the first sort of uh, projects. We know what's going on kind of with Batman and Superman and some other characters. No word quite yet on what's happening with Wonder Woman. Uh, there's there's some bits and pieces, uh, but we know about some of the stuff uh, coming up. Um, what's your thoughts on the, the DCU slate that was that was announced?
1: Uh, I honestly didn't get a chance to really see it, oh. uh, but that whole thing is just such a giant clusterfuck. <laughs> that
0: yeah, yeah. I guess we're gonna have to start getting used to calling it DCU instead of DCEU. So yeah, uh which is it's it's interesting because basically you're just taking out the extended part because it was DC Extended Universe. Now it's just DC Universe. So
1: yeah, and it's... and again, my official thing is is. With everything else, the the only, you know, hard line that I, I will have with anybody is just being a hypocrite. And as long as Ezra Miller is still a part of that, I just can't be because it's just you know, you, you kick out Johnny Depp for allegations that prove to be false, but you keep him in for stuff that you've already seen with video evidence to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just not only keep him it. in
0: but refuse to say anything about it for yeah, ages and ages and ages yeah so be nothing yep uh so that's the dc sound stuff over on the world the of last of us um we've got the up to season one episode three so all the podcasts available for the all the episodes so far uh later tonight we'll be posting the uh season one episode four review so look out for that over on gaming talk last week we've got um uh, What's was it called? Uh, we had some updates from Naughty Dog. We talked about the Xbox Bethesda Developer Showcase and some information for Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season 2. Mary and had also beat Nottingham Forest 3-0 in the Carabao Cup. Got us through to the final. Um, Why You Should Watch Podcast. Um, this one's for Atlanta, which you can watch on FX, which I believe is on Hulu and on Star Via Disney Plus in the UK. Very much recommend that show. Uh, that's basically a spoiler free, sort of, this is why this show's good and why you should watch it type of podcast. I've done a few of them before. So there we go. Uh, that's what we've do- been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Um, what should we start with I guess I'll just go from the top of my, my notes list here uh, Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo are skipping E3 2023 yeah I, I don't have any notes written down for this specifically but um, yeah I mean we've i gotten to a point now with E3 where it did used to hold some magic I don't personally think there's anything wrong with sort of the format of E3 or what it is I think you know having it as a sort of big Super Bowl kind of thing for, for gaming in terms of trailers and, and things like that and presentations and developers coming out on stage I think it's more I do think it's more unique than any of the other types of presentations I mean I know PlayStation Showcase have been like pretty good in the past obviously Nintendo's known for the Direct Microsoft has started doing their own showcases and things like that but um, yeah there's, there was just something different about kind of hey, here's head of so-and-so studios to show off their new game and they'll talk about it for a bit or they'll be like a bit more vague with it and then they'll show a trailer and you've got to work out what the trailer's for and then there's a big moment and and reveal and things like that. Um, So I guess it will just be, if E3 does still actually go ahead this year, it would be what, EA, which they've known for being very lackluster at E3 over the years, but basically just for showing off the same stuff, which is, you know, Battlefield, Battlefront, sports and the odd so the the occasional sort of it takes two game which will wow people. Um so I guess it would be Ubisoft. We'll see what the hell they're up to. Um EA Uh and may maybe maybe a few others. Maybe you'll get like something else in there but I don't know. Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo do seem to want to just do their own thing when they when they feel like it. I mean, specifically, we sort of Sony in the last year or so. I don't think we had a showcase all of last year. Um, last one we had did show off, like, I think it was Wolverine and Spider Man and that. Uh, we had a few state of plays here and there, um, but they've just kind of let their games just come out. You know, they had a few videos for The Last of Us Part 1, they had some trailers and gameplay and things for God of War, but people were so excited for that anyway that they didn't need to do. A whole lot of marketing or push for that. Um, Horizon sort of you know, these these those games are just sort of known. Like yeah, Horizon sequel will be good. Yeah, Last of Us Part One will be good. Yeah, God of War sequel will be good. And those games just came out and it it, it just sort of happened. Um, I do continue to find Nintendo's approach in the last few years a bit strange. Like they'll just go quiet for ages, then just have these random out of nowhere directs, um, which will sometimes be big hits, but other times just so off like. A load of I don't know JRPGs and things like that, um, which if those games are for you, that's that's great. But um, and then Microsoft has kind of been I don't know they, they sort of like almost got there with with their approach in terms of hey Starfield's coming, these games are coming. We've brought all these studios and things, and we're just you, you got to let us work on on these games and show you them when when we're ready. But I do just kind of miss the E three approach of like hey Sundays Microsoft Mondays Sony, and you know you, you go day by day and you kind of uh, take them as they come and go. Um, what do you think of uh, what's going on here with E3? Yeah,
1: uh, that's not really that big of a surprise because, I mean, obviously Sony hasn't done an E3 for a while. Uh, after that one they did where they did like a presentation and they moved. They had everybody move to a different that studio. was and ages ago. Yeah, that was like yeah.
0: 2018. 2019,
1: really 18 or something, since. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do get it from their perspective in that this way we can do our presentations when we're ready, not on a schedule, not on a time frame of this has to be done by this to make this date for this presentation. Um, I truly hope that E3 survives to the point to where it's more about the indie games, the up and coming studios, the new kids on the block, that kind of thing. Um, don't know that it will or not. It's one of those things that it's, really kind of depends because there's so much money that comes in from the big three uh we'll just have to see how it goes this year Mm. how much interest there is in it
0: yeah what i'm looking forward to next is just what sony's got planned um you know i'm excited about spider-man about wolverine and you know they've been more quiet than usual over the last let's say 18 months or so that um usually with sony when they do that it's usually a sign that they've been cooking up some, some things and it's not all just going to be, Hey, next Spider-Man and next sequel and sequel and sequel. Like I'm sure, uh, cause we don't even know like what, what, what is Bungie doing at the moment or like, okay, we know last of us factions is on the way, but we haven't like fully seen that yet. So we've, we've still got some of those games to come. Um, <coughs> but, uh, yeah like what new IP have they been working on that we we don't even like that me and you don't even sort of know about and i'm I'm excited yep. to see to see that um I mean even and in with terms of
1: Microsoft, we know what's coming out and when just whether or not it'll be good because we know Redfall's coming in may uh we know starfield will probably come out this year maybe like August or something um but are they going to be any good what states are going to be in?
0: It'll be interesting this year specifically because everybody tries to avoid. COD in let's say late October early November there won't be a Call of Duty game this year Um, although Gotham Knights didn't seem to care about that (laughs) so uh, Mm -hmm. that came out it was like a week before or a week after COD it was like really really close to it I think Um, because I think yeah it wasn't Gotham Knights like the 25th and COD was like the 28th so um, they didn't seem to care about that but most I find most companies try to avoid like whether you think COD's good or bad or whatever it is still a juggernaut of the gaming industry and ...is going to continue to sell well, but that, uh... ...because there's supposed to be some kind of, like, year two premium thing happening... Like, some, ...like an extension of Modern Warfare 2, but that's not a new game. Um, I mean, there could be a scenario where that costs, like, a decent chunk of money... ...but that's not, like, a new game to pull people away to that will distract from other games. I mean, it could be wrong, but we'll, uh, we'll see... So yeah, we'll see what happens with E3 this this year. Uh, It's usually in the summer, so um, we'll just have to see what happens. And when, uh, yeah, I'm just curious, like, Microsoft has just spoken, Nintendo has kind of recently, so I'm curious to see what uh, Sony has to say next. And usually with theirs, they'll maybe post on, like, a Tuesday and say, hey, this Thursday, like, this exact week, we've got a showcase. It's like, oh, like, the day before, literally, like, an hour before nobody knew, and then two days after they got, like, a big showcase or something. So, um, it could be next week, could be the week after, it could be this week, could be tomorrow they say something, could be in a month. We just we have no idea, but that's kind of almost exciting as well. So, uh, let's move on from E3 talk about some TV adaption stuff. Of course, The Last of Us has been doing incredibly well, uh, which is great to see. Uh, we, of course, are covering it here with David on uh, the World of the Last of Us podcast, which I mentioned in the housekeeping section. So don't only go and watch, listen to podcasts, go and uh, go and watch the show, because it's absolutely fantastic. Um, aside from the Last of Us, um, I think we're going to start seeing this more with, with TV adaptions. We've got a new one, um, which is a Tomb Raider TV series. Now, it's not starring... Phoebe Waller-Bridge, although she's a fantastic actress, if anybody's seen uh, the TV show Fleabag, I believe it's on Amazon or BBC, depending on where you live. Fantastic TV show, I think it's two seasons, there's about six episodes a season, of course it's British, so it's like really, really short, but she's a fantastic actress and a really fantastic writer as well, because of course she wrote the show. Uh, She is writing or doing, so probably exec producer or something like that, um, a Tomb Raider TV series. Um, Amazon has also said, is it Amazon? They've also said that uh, they're going to try and do like a, not not like MCU or DCU or whatever, Connected Universe, but something a bit more coherent where there's like maybe a film and a game and a show uh, that sort of intertwine a little bit more, which also is good for canon because if you do want to do those things you haven't got to reset every single time and that sort of thing. Um, I think this has a lot of potential because we don't know who's going to be starring as as Tomb Raider, and it'll be interesting to see, um, what's it called with the you know who if it's going to do motion capture with the game or like voice acting, um, or you know if because I assume if this is connected and you're doing a TV show and a film, you're gonna probably have the same tomb raider actress across the board i would i would imagine i just don't know if that'll be a little bit different for the games but i suppose you can you can still do that anyway so um yeah what do you think of the potential of this and phoebe will bridge being involved and everything like that i think this sounds quite good
1: yeah i am truly unimpressed um first off i have i look i had no idea who this woman was because I have never heard of Fleabag. I don't know if it's just oh, a really? British thing. Huh. Yeah, not even remotely on my radar at all. So I looked her up on IMDB, and literally nothing I have seen. Uh, like, at all. Nothing that she's done has translated at all over here in the States.
0: Safe does not seem her ever, work.
1: Yeah, I have only ever heard of Broadchurch. And that's only because it has two Doctor Who alum on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always interesting to see actors intentionally take a role that uh, emotionally is very polar opposite to their previous role right. uh, with David yeah. Tennant going from Doctor Who to his character on uh, Broadchurch. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've been looking over her IMDb and absolutely nothing. So I I have zero care for her as a name to get me involved in another project.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, yeah. yeah, that's understandable. as
1: for it um, being Tomb Raider, I could see that as being a TV show. Uh, there's not the best history of video game adaptations to TV shows. Obviously, the exception being Last of Us, but uh, which I haven't seen because I don't have HBO Max, so I'm not spending $20 a month on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of that, uh, you know, wait till we see a trailer. Wait till we see anything.
0: So your approach is just that you're disconnected from her work yeah. and you have no idea about, like, her CV. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she. I think she wrote... don't think she starred in it, but she wrote, like, Killing Eve, which I've still got to watch the last season of, which is a fantastic show. That's got um, Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh in the main leads, uh, in the main roles. Uh, so that's really good. Um yeah, so uh, I'm I'm looking for from a writing perspective, and just like the talent that she's she's brought to the projects that I've seen at least, um, it's, it's it's something a bit different. Like Tomb Raider and Killing Eve and Fleabag have like nothing to do with each other, but then that just shows talent if you're able to write in different uh different areas. So that's uh that's pretty cool. But we'll see how this works out. I mean, the video game stuff could obviously be different to the TV and film because you've got like a a functioning interactive video game to make, and that's like a different ballpark to a TV show and a film. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with like the, the connected stuff with this, because when we think of in this day and age, when somebody says connected universe or connected stories, we think of Marvel and DC, just because the way the MCU's gone and the DCEU has gone and all that kind of thing. Um, this won't be the same as that, because obviously there's nowhere near as many characters in the T- in the Tomb Raider universe as there is, like obviously, in the, in the Marvel stuff, but... Yeah, we'll see how this how this goes. But um uh so some people were saying about I think her name is Alicia something, the one that did the um rough kind of uh somewhat uh film adaption from, from the game. From what I remember from her in the role, she like embodied Tomb Raider and was, was quite good. It's just that it was a bit too much of a copy and paste of the uh of the game. So if you wanna take that's a situation where if you wanna take a talented actress but put her in something with more to it and better writing, then she could uh, shine even more than than what she did before. So, uh, there we go. Uh, Let's move on to some uh, Sony related stuff. Sony confirms it will remove the PS Plus collection library in May. This comes from VGC, Video Game Chronicle. Um, So those who redeem the 19 PS4 games uh, will still be able to access them as long as they remain subscribers, which you have to do anyway if you want to play these games in the first place. Uh, So these games are the following. I have them in different categories, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, Bloodborne, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, God of War, 2018. Infamous Second Son, Ratchet & Clank, that's the uh, PS4 remaster of the original game. Uh, Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Until Dawn, Uncharted 4, Thief's End. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. 3 Zombies Chronicles Edition, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which is the three original remastered games, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, Royale Edition, Monster Hunter World, Mortal Kombat X, which is 10, and Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Um So suppose for because this I would say doesn't affect a certain group of gamers, but does affect a certain other group. And what I mean by that is... Because this is available, I believe, under the... I think it's called the Essential, the the basic level of, of PS Plus. Because there is obviously the the premium library or whatever... Where you can get other PS Plus games, which is a little bit more Game Pass-ish. Um, that's in the higher tier. Uh, which I think some of those games are in that higher tier anyway. If you're somebody who's been on PS Plus... Or, or you continuously have PS Plus um, each month anyway and you hear this... If you go and add the multi-library now, but you still remain subscribed to PS Plus anyway, that won't affect you at all. In fact, because I'm just trying to work this out, uh, because the only way this would affect somebody is if you, let's say subscribe, let's say you get a PS4 or 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 PS5 I suppose, after whatever date it would be in May, and those games are gone, and your friend or somebody says to you, "Hey, you can download these games on the on that collection. There's these 19 games here, um, and they're gone when you get them, but when you go to find them, that will obviously affect you. And it will also affect you in terms of if these games are on the second PS Plus tier, it would mean you have to pay more money to get them. But for anybody who's got a PS4 or a five right now, between now and May, whether you do or don't have PS Plus, if you get PS Plus now. Just click the add to library for each of them. The same rules then apply to those people who do do and don't have PS Plus. Because then you still have to have PS Plus anyway to go and play them. I don't understand why these are being removed. Some of these are like third party. Obviously you've got like Batman games. You've got things like uh, where it says third party games. And then it's got PlayStation Studios. So for games like Infamous and God of War and Bloodborne, Days Gone... Uh, Last of Us, those are Sony-owned IP games. Um, I would understand on the third-party side, like let's say Warner Brothers didn't renew this specific license for Batman and they had to remove it for PS Plus. In fact, I think there was 20 of these games originally and one of them got removed because of probably licensing issues, which is the same rule that's applied to uh, third-party Game Pass games and applied to um, the second tier of PS Plus. If some of those are third-party, Sony doesn't own those games, so they can't keep them on the thing if the license doesn't get renewed. Same thing applies to, let's say, Cyberpunk or Red Dead Redemption over on Game Pass. If that license doesn't get renewed, it will be removed from Game Pass. Um, The only difference being from PS Plus, if one of these games which is third parties, let's say Crash Bandicoot, if you claim that as a PS Plus game, that's yours to play, not own, but yours to play and borrow i suppose as long as you're subscribed so um i don't know unless this this is like not being used much maybe the, the download numbers on this are down and it's costing them money or something that there could be all sorts of different things as to why this could be getting removed it kind of sucks but i do also think if you look at like a lot of these games listed here are quite popular i imagine most people have already played i mean i'm looking at this list the ones that i'm interested in i've played ages ago um, but I don't know, there could be different uh, opinions out there about this. What do you think of Sony removing this uh, library in May, and why do you think they're, they're removing it?
1: Yeah, I'm sure that with a third party, like you said, it's a licensing thing, or they signed a contract, or it would only be on for a certain number of months. Microsoft does this all the time with Game Pass. There'll be games on there to start um, when the game comes out as a way to get interest in the game, and then they take them off after a while. And people go back to like, oh, yeah, I remember this game. Hmm. And then uh, they go to it and they realize, oh, it's on uh, Game Pass. It was on Game Pass. It's not on uh, Game Pass anymore. And then they go and buy it. I've done that with uh, several games um, to where I've just, you know, I remember. Because what was the game? Uh, Yeah, Graveyard Keeper. Um, I Mm -hmm. played that because it was on Game Pass initially. And then uh, it wasn't on it when I wanted to go back to it. I just wound up buying it. Uh, so, you know, that's just a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We'll see uh, what Sony does after this. The only, the only thing I'm disappointed in with the PS Plus in general, I really want more PS1 games on there. And I really want the Tomb Raider games on there. Because I really like the, the the whole like rewind function and how easy it is to save and load. Like You can do it instantly. And um, I remember when I played the Toy Story 2 game, and literally, if you fall off a surface, which... Because a lot of those PS1 games are kind of known for being a bit more difficult to play and a bit more challenging. Um, Most notably if you like fall off of ledges in games. Like if you fall off somewhere in in Tomb Raider or get caught in Metal Gear Solid or something. um, You can just rewind 20 seconds like, hey I got spotted by this person. So if I rewind the game 20 seconds or 10 seconds. I know they're going to be on that corner so I'll make a different decision. Uh, So something like with Tomb Raider. As like, oh, I didn't move out of the way of the boulder in time. So if I rewind 10 seconds, I can time my run or jump earlier rather than dead and then reload and then do it again. And <laughs> that kind of thing. So, Because um, as much as the Tomb Raider games are better to play on PC at the moment because you can save whenever you want to. Um, I think that the function of how you play PS1 games on PS5 is would be the best way to play those those ps1 games just because you can save and load like instantly um i mean you can even load the game before the splash screens of um or as like when the first splash screen comes up you can go into the options menu load and it does it straight away um i, I would imagine it does it straight away because those games probably aren't very demanding for, for, for a ps5 um but yeah, you can just Rewind and you can scroll back through it's got like a bunch of screenshots of moments and you'll be like okay I'm gonna go from this moment you click it it does it straight away There's no loading and you can just go straight in so I would I would like them to do some more of those And it seems like they've been slacking on those a little bit recently Um, And some of those I think they're in licenses too. I I, I don't really know Um, Of course rights for ps1 games were different 20 years ago Uh, So there we go Anyways, move on from that, uh, I've only got one more piece of news, um, some of this is rumour mill stuff and some of this is a bit more likely I think. Uh, so as we know from Insomniac Games, who've been making the Spider-Man games, Ratchet and & Clank and some others in in, in the past, um, who are known at the moment for the two really good Spider-Man games in 2018. And Miles Morales. Uh, They're making a Wolverine game, which we already knew about. Uh, I think that was in the last PlayStation Showcase when they also announced... They didn't announce both of them, didn't they? Um, Because we knew Spider-Man 2 was extremely likely. Uh, But we had no idea that a Wolverine game was in development, which they are also doing. Um, It seems that Wolverine could release in the fall of 2024, which is only next year. And possibly, this is more of the rumor mill element, although this kind of makes sense, could be followed up by an X-Men game because apparently in this, when you start this Wolverine game, it is before he joins the X-Men. So you could have an ending of like, I don't know, you meet Professor X and he says, hey, do you want to join this team? Or something along those lines, which would be a very cool way to set up a sequel. Um, yeah, it would make sense to me if, because uh, Forspoken's a uh, console exclusive at least I know it's on PC but it's not on Xbox so you've got that, you've got Final Fantasy, is it 16? yeah, coming out Yeah, uh, that I think is also like a console exclusive uh, we don't know again what else Sony's doing this year because they haven't said anything Spider-Man we know is very very likely this year so those could be your three games for the year so Wolverine doesn't need to come out this year and it's probably not also as ready as what Spider-Man is because I imagine they started development for Wolverine later um that would make sense if you do Spider-Man this year and then Wolverine next year. There's no no reason to rush Wolverine. I'm sure Spider-Man will be very critically acclaimed. I trust Insomniac because they did a great job with the first one. Uh, kind of brought Spider-Man back to life in, in the gaming space. Um, although Spider-Man 2 is a very well appreciated sort of game as well. Um, so yeah, save Wolverine for next year and then the year after maybe you go back to, I don't know, Ratchet & Clank or or something like that, uh, specifically to to Insomniac. Um, which of these, uh, so the two things we got, are the X-Men follow-up possibly and Fall 2024, what are you thinking of uh, these two things are possible?
1: Yeah, I think the uh, uh, X-Men game is definitely possible. It's one of those things that it's um, the timing is right for it. So mm-hmm. uh, the Wolverine game we do know about, so that would make sense as a follow-up with that. Um, so it just kind of depends.
0: Yeah. yeah. What do you think of uh, an X-Men follow-up, possibly?
1: It would have to depend on the format if they try to do it something like they did with the Avengers game. Mm. I don't know. It would be that big of a, a kerfuffle as it was with the Avengers game because we don't have all of those X-Men movies with what we think the faces should look like. Um, if they did it more like in the Marvel's Ultimate Alliance style of a game... I think that might be more uh, in their wheelhouse. So,
0: hmm. I wonder how violent this game is going to be, because Spider-Man is very, very quippy and family-friendly and all that kind of thing. <laughs> well, um, they said
1: that the Wolverine game was definitely going to be a mature-rated game.
0: Right. So. I think it should be... T- tonally, I think it should be somewhere along the Batman games. I think that yeah. fits it quite right. Because
1: there so. was a 360 Wolverine game that was brutally violent, like God of War-level violent.
0: Oh. What what was that one? Called? I might have played that one. What was it called?
1: I know it's called Wolverine, but I forget what it was called. Past that, hang on, let me look. I I
0: remember playing one on GameCube. I never beat it because there was a there was a. <laughs> I remember playing it when I was younger, and there was this bit with uh, a minefield in a prison. I could never get past it, so I I. Yeah, I it's called uh,
1: X Men Origins Wolverine Uncaged. Um, you I, can look it up on uh, YouTube.
0: I don't think. But, yeah, that was that it was one I like.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's the game I'm thinking about, though.
0: Hmm. Um, I think the one I had was just called Wolverine, and it was on GameCube. Um, but it wasn't, I don't remember it being very violent. I mean, there might have been some like spots of blood when I attacked people with the claws or something, but um, I don't remember it being god of war level or violent. So. Um, but no, I could never get past that minefield. <laughs> so, uh, that, uh, I, I never finished it.
1: Uh, it might be the Uncaged one. It kind of hmm. looks like it. I just remember there being a Wolverine game that was like super, super violent.
0: Huh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something along the lines of the Batman game would be uh, a way to go. All right, so what I've got for this week, how about yourself?
1: Uh, well, first off, if you vaguely remember the multiplayer dodgeball game Knockout City, that game is getting shut down it was a free-to-play ish service that uh, came out about two years ago i remember when it launched uh it kind of had a big hit and then interest kind of just petered off after it uh so they are shutting that game did you ever play that game
0: no it never particularly like specifically interested me i did see some gameplay and stuff for it and i did hear from people that played it that it was it was sort of all right um I'm just completely over the idea of Battle Royales. Um, not that it ever really specifically grabbed me. Because um, the idea that, like, oh, you spend, I don't know, you collect loads of stuff and you, um, like, in more of the sort of Fortnite sense. I mean, it's been fun to play Fortnite with, like, my niece, nephew, and my sister when those occasions have come up. But that's just about, that. that's not about me having the desire to play Fortnite. That's about playing it with, you know, family and stuff, which is uh, which adds a more fun element to it. Um,
1: well, it wasn't a Battle Royale game. It was a, uh, a three-on-three team game.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Those sorts of games kind of just... Like, I, I saw some gameplay for it, and I was like, okay, it kind of looks cool. Um. There's a game that is sort of similar. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a big staple for uh, PlayStation Access. They play it for a lot of their challenge games and stuff. It's called Stick Bold. It's basically you've got mm-hmm. this sort of, like... Pixel art-ish sort of top-down, uh, game where obviously there's there's a ball in in there, and then it's it's kind of dodgeball-ish, but there's like it's more of a cartoony type of aspect to it, uh, and there's different things you can use in the environment and that sort of stuff. Uh, PlayStation Access use it quite a lot for like their challenge games and things like that, which is which is quite good. Or they do like co-op streams for it and and that sort of thing. So, um, but. Stickball itself looks more interesting than what Knockout. City. I don't know. There was just something about Knockout City where I thought, okay, this could be good, but it it never. I never had an inkling to play it uh, at all. So, and then it kind of went quiet for like a really really long time, and then this has come up. So this sort of uh makes sense. Um, I don't know. I think in the industry we need to find somewhat of a balance between live service games and um not necessarily AAA, but just narrative story driven games they don't all have to be you know triple-a but um and there's some games that have tried to do a bit of both like the avengers game and some other stuff which hasn't quite gone so well um i think cod is probably best at balancing those but that's because you do literally have like campaign modes that got nothing to do with multiplayer whatsoever um which has always been because usually with those you play maybe the campaign first get that like good story finished and then spend hours on, on multiplayer but that manages to separate itself really really well because there's there's nothing in like the campaign that affects the multiplayer and, and vice-versa. So, uh, But um, no, it just didn't seem like this game has, has really caught on quite enough. I, I think some people were playing it when it sort of launched, but in terms of the multiplayer space, whether it's shooters or whatever genre, there's just so much competition um, and not every game can sort of stand up to that. So, uh, what, what about you with, um, I almost said Stickbolt, what about you with uh, Knockout City?
1: I never played it. A couple streamers that I follow uh, that are into those kind of group-based teams. You know, let's get three of our friends together and have a, have a laugh. They were into it when it first started. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen anybody playing it hmm. in forever. So
0: yeah. There you go. That's stick, uh, I keep thinking of Stickbold. There's Knockout City. So, um, Stickbold, I think, because you can play that locally, you can play it online, but it's not a game that sort of requires loads and loads of updates, because it's just kind of what it is. So, um, all right, what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Uh, well, next up, there's a reported canceling of a game that was supposed to be a first person uh, spin off of Apex Legends, which is ironic because. Apex Legends was a spinoff of Titanfall, mm. so uh, this is unofficial, but according to a Bloomberg report, Electronic Arts has canceled development of a game based in that universe that was in development at Respawn Entertainment. Uh, there's the report, which cites three separate sources, says the canceled project was a single-player game codenamed Titanfall Legends and was set in that shared universe, being directed by Mohammad Alvari... I think that's how you say it, a volley, until his departure from the studio last year. Uh, That would be presumed by the project he teased on Twitter in July of 2021. Uh, His LinkedIn page indicated the same thing, that he was a creative director on a brand new single-player adventure from Respawn, Uh, so obviously there is some confirmation, possibly sort of tangentially, uh, but nothing really kind of like official official, so...
0: I find this quite believable because there has been a lot of talk over the years um, on and off about just a new Titanfall game. Whether it be 3 or a spin-off or some sort of new single-player game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand why EA has had so much trouble with, with this. Because um, Apex has been quite successful. It's still going on. I think they've got a new season coming out soon. I don't personally play it, but um, I've got a few friends that do. But uh it's has been pretty successful so far, um, but yeah, because I, I see like, you know, Titanfall referenced here and there in the clips of the game where people like certain moments of the game. Uh, I never quite got on with Titanfall 2's story, I just, and I, I didn't really get on with the gunplay, which is a big part of, well, I, I would argue the most important part of a first person shooter is the gunplay. And I understand, yes, I'm a lot more picky with that than other people, but that's just, that's just the way that I am. Uh, with with the specific gunplay elements, and it's not to do with like it's a different genre to COD. Like it's it's got not I I can enjoy sci-fi shooting games. Um, because I re- I used to enjoy Halo quite a lot. The only reason I don't anymore much is because of what's happened to the series. Um, but uh, I don't know fans for for a good few years at this point have been crying out for a Titanfall three and saying, hey, if you could do this, just kind of do this again and do it with a... With another game cuz people really do like Titanfall 2. Um some people have said it's like one of the most overrated not overrated sorry underrated um FPS games. Uh maybe that's possible, maybe I just didn't quite see what was what was there or maybe I should give it another chance or something but uh I don't know. Uh, it's it's weird cuz Titanfall's been not Titanfall Apex has been so successful. Um and you're right it was a spin-off of where this came from and now they can't seem to go back the other way, right? Like you started off with Titanfall which was this interesting wasn't wasn't that an Xbox exclusive online only game? Yep, it was an online yeah, no. only
1: multiplayer shooter game. It yeah. didn't even have a first person or a story mode.
0: No, no. Um, but I remember the fascination with that was like, oh, it's not just another sci-fi shooter game. You can jump into into a titan and you can call them down from the sky. And it was it was it was a pretty good first attempt. Uh, I remember enjoying a lot of. Uh, Titanfall 1 then the second one came out which has like some of the same elements but with a story. So it's like yeah you spun that off into Apex which is really successful so why can't you go back the other way and do do a third one. Um, cuz there's been there's been loads of reports over the years about um trying again and again to do Titanfall and another Titanfall game has got cancelled and um I know Jedi Fallen Order was very successful but in sort of the it, it's become a thing within EA that within the Star Wars space area um specifically with battlefront 2 and with with titanfall they just can't seem to uh, other than the two exceptions which is apex and jedi fallen order which is getting a sequel very soon they can't seem to get things right um within that so i don't know um i because i was kind of like as you were reading out what's happening there with with titanfall i was kind of thinking about ubisoft's situation which is uh, has got comparable elements um ea is very lucky that they have fifa very very lucky um i mean they're gonna have to call it something different from next year but that makes them so much money that you don't even have to worry about certain other game franchises um because the thing that's kind of been carrying ea for a long time is maybe the success of apex and certainly fifa not just from game sales which obviously it sells gangbusters every year but ultimate team they make so 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 much money from ultimate team and it's on all the platforms and everything, and like it's available to so many people. So, if EA if EA didn't have FIFA, I think they'd be a bit closer to where Ubisoft is because it is such a cash cow for for EA. Um, and unfortunately, although Pez at certain points was competing with what FIFA was doing, um, sometimes better, sometimes worse. Like Pez has totally fallen off. Um, so like there's not that competition either anymore. Um, yeah, what do you think is kind of with what's going on with EA? Do you agree with me about the FIFA cash cow thing?
1: Yeah, FIFA is obviously a cash cow for them, so there's no real denying that. Mm. Um, yeah, and Ubisoft doesn't really have, um, anything past that. They don't have anything like that.
0: Yeah,
1: EA makes all their money on their sports games, there's no denying that, so, um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
0: Just like just like Activision with COD, can you imagine if Activision mm-hmm. lost Call of Duty? Um, and I'm not just talking about like will it or won't be it be on PlayStation. I'm just talking about it as an IP. Um, yeah, some some of these companies are very really lucky. That they've got these these cash gals. and and Activision's got two with COD because they've got Warzone. and They've got the the main games. So yeah, um, and e- even if this uh, purchase from Microsoft does go through, they will still own Call of Duty. It will just be. They'll be owned by somebody, but they'll still own COD. So, there you go. Um, All right, what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Uh, The last thing that I have to talk about is a rumor that Sony denies, but kind of makes sense. Uh, Sony's PSVR 2 is launching this month, but it seems that the company is already tamping down on their expectations for their insanely expensive VR headset. According to a Bloomberg report, Sony has cut production... And projections of sales for the PSVR 2 by half now citing that the initial pre-orders could fall short of under a million units sold which a million units is still pretty good Hmm. uh, but they were projecting over 2 million um, Hmm. at launch Um, now they're saying they expect to ship uh, 1.5 million uh, from by the end of March of 2024 so those numbers aren't bad, but they aren't exactly what they want them to be. Yeah. Um, honestly, given how expensive it is, I mean, it is a $550 US uh, price point on that. Um, I honestly am surprised it's even that high because that's a lot of money
0: that's a lot for of an money.
1: accessory to a game console that they can't keep in stock to begin with. So.
0: And you can't even just buy that and play VR. You have to have a PS5 as well because you have to plug it into yep. it.
1: And we're still not to the point where either console, the the PlayStation 5 or the Series X, is just casually in stores for purchase. Mm.
0: Um, Yeah. Um, As more of the VR sort of gamer here, I'm very, very excited from everything I've heard about PSVR 2. I did see PlayStation Access put out some videos for it. They did one about Horizon. All of it just sounds very, very cool and just sort of like what I wanted um there's not a ton of games for this thing right now but it will it will get there I'm I'm sure eventually. I mean you know they've got the new Walking Dead game and they've got the Horizon game. That's like enough at the moment. You've that, that's two pretty big games that will take probably at least a good few hours to finish. I mean the first Walking Dead Saints and Sinners was maybe an 8 to 10 hour game Depends on how long it took you to go to go through it. Um and I don't know how sort of open world this Horizon game will be as opposed to the the mainline series but Everything about it sounds really, really cool. Um, I've heard about like some good audio stuff, the head tracking. Um, there's like haptic feedback, not just within the controllers, but within like the headset. There's like this sensor thing on your head, because um, it's been described as kind of it's like a sensor thing on the headset. So if an is shooting a projectile at you, and you know, like it whooshes past your head, you'll kind of feel that. As well as, um, I mean, you got Rob from PS Access, who's obsessed with water graphics, which I continue to find um, just lovely about him. And, like, if you put your hand in your water... Like, you know that bit they showed when you're on the boat in Horizon? Like, if you put your hand in the water and you sort of flick your hand in the water, you can, like, feel that and everything. It's these little touches, but they it will make for a, a, a better experience than just something basic. Um, I'd imagine as well, maybe if the... Um, robot dinosaurs are shouting near you, you'll probably feel that or something, something similar to that. Uh, maybe if you're fighting against other people in the game, you'll feel like arrows wishing past your head or something. Um, climbing looks kind of interesting, so I'm all on board for wanting this thing. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd jump into it tomorrow if I could. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd very much love to just get started with... Uh, I don't even know which one I'll play first because I'm really excited for Walking Dead and for uh, for Horizon. Um, I know a little bit more of what to expect from Walking Dead because that's a sequel, whereas I know obviously we've... What's cool? I know, I know kind of what to expect from the franchise of Horizon, but not from a VR point of view, whereas um, Walking Dead is, uh, is a sequel. So what, what were you about to say
1: there? Yeah, I said, yeah, and as uh, for the PS5, I actually did a test out of curiosity. Um, I was on Amazon the other day, this is like about a month or so ago. And so when I tried to buy the PS5, it said, uh, click here to sign up for the wait list. And so I did. Uh. And then like three weeks later, I got an email saying, you've been approved for purchase. Click on this link. You have 24 hours. I'm <laughs> like, are you are you kidding me? It's like, I, I get, you know, that's their way to fight like the scalpers um, to that point. But 24 hours is not really enough of a time frame to Mm. want to buy that console for 500 dollars, and the prices are coming down like the digital ones like 350 now
0: Mm. yeah so but i just don't know how sony feels they can justify i know the console is a couple of years old but it's not an old console at this point it is the newest playstation that you can still get i just don't know how like because in the uk i think the pricing is 450 for the disc version which is what i've got um, and then 520 for for the VR unit. I just don't know how you can justify saying to customers, like, the accessory... Because as good as PSVR 2 is going to be, or hopefully is going to be, it is an accessory. Um, like, the an accessory for your main console, which is the main thing that you use to play any games on it, is more expensive than the actual console itself. I, I just think that's really weird. Um, that's the first thing, because when they said 520 I thought, wait a minute, that's more expensive than the actual console, that's, that's really, really strange. Um, and, like, even if I did have 520 to spend on, on this VR thing, I don't know that I want to spend that much money on an accessory. As, as excited for, for it as I am, there's got to be a line or, or an amount that you sort of, like, No, nah, that's not, like, justifiable, I think, so... Yeah, um, it all sounds very promising, like all, all the new technology with it and everything, um, and the controllers finally have analog sticks, which will be very good for menus, <laughs> so that's good as well, yeah. but uh, yeah, j- just too expensive, you just gotta, um, and I get it's, it's going to be an expensive thing, but yeah, you the know, state of the world that we're in at the moment is just too expensive, so. Alright, you said that was the last thing you had?
1: Yeah, it's the last thing I got
0: cool um it's moving some emails and feedback we've got two this week um two emails this week if you want to write in let us know what you think of anything we've discussed let us know what you're playing all that type of stuff uh Matthew at twitter etalk uk as a contact page of information in the show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in the show notes. Meredith writes in: I think for the first time, says as a woman in her late forties, I sometimes wonder if/slash when I'll stop playing video games. Do you think you should be? Do you think it should be more normalised for older people to play games? And do you think you'll still be playing games in your 40s? Sorry if the question's a little silly. It's not silly at all. Um, But I wanted to write in. Well, thank you very much for writing in. Uh, It's not silly at all. It's not like... um, I mean, I've seen stupider questions asked on the internet. So, um, I I don't think that's, that's stupid or silly at all. Um... I'm not in my 40s yet. I'm going to turn 29 this year. Uh, I don't have any plans to stop playing video games. There are video games coming out that I have not yet played that will be released when I'm... I mean, if if Wolverine's going to be released after I hit 30, then, yeah, I'll be playing video games after I um, am in my 30s. And if there's still games coming out that I like in, let's say, 10 years, so when I'm in my 40s, I imagine I will be. Um, I mean, I still play FIFA with my dad. He's in his, what is he now? He's in, I was in his 60s. Um, and he's like, you know, slower than me to react to things on occasion, which you understand, but he's still quite good at games. Um, and I, I still enjoy playing, uh, games with him and, and whatnot. So I, I don't think it matters what age you are. I mean, I see these, um, I don't know how often you see them in the US. Obviously, adverts are a bit different over there. But like, I see, uh, Switch adverts sort of all the time. And, um, a lot of the times they'll showcase them as, like, family gathering type of... Because, obviously, that's the that's the audience they're aiming towards, right? Which is, like, the family-friendly uh, approach. And I saw one the other day for, like, Switch Sports, which had, like, some adults and some children and some, you know, people of all ages. I've seen, like, you know, Switch adverts that have got elderly people in them. Um... I mean, that was kind of one of the simplicity things with the Nintendo Wii, wasn't it? It was like your grandma, your granddad can play bowling with you on, on Nintendo Wii. So, sure, you know, not not every game is going to be for every age, but I certainly think, you know, um you should never feel like you have to grow out of playing games. If it's a thing you enjoy doing and you're not hurting anybody or anything, um, it's just just video games. They're designed to entertain you. So, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, what about you? Do you think you'll like stop playing games at any point, or like what? Uh, what what's your answer to this?
1: Well, I'll be forty nine in May, and I still <laughs> play games. So, I don't see how that's even remotely a thing. Mm. Um, if you enjoy it, yeah. I mean, I stop playing specific games when they feel like it's a job, but that's really the only thing that stops me from playing a game. Um, obviously, tastes have changed. Game design have changed. Mm-hmm. styles change so it's never going to be the same i think that's part of why nostalgia is such a big draw for some people because cool. it reminds them of previous times but hey if you enjoy it
0: and happy times yeah
1: go for it nobody cares
0: mm-hmm. certainly but yeah thank you for writing in with that harrison writes in says uh fun hypothetical not including hogwarts legacy uh, let's say no other video games get released until January 1st, 2024. What do you play for the rest of the year? Um, I'd probably just finish Forspoken, because that's what I'm currently playing. Um, you said Hogwarts Legacy isn't included, so I would play Hogwarts Legacy. Um, depending on how long the game is exactly, and how much I enjoy it possibly go for a platinum. I don't plan on getting the platinum necessarily with Forspoken, but who knows, I may I might change my mind once I finish the main story. Um so nothing else for the rest of the year. I would try not to have COD take over too much of that time. I mean I could play COD for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, right? But like there there is other games I'm kind of you know the backlog games which I'm interested to 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 go back to. Um it's been niggling away at me for a while. Um I do want to because there's three crash games I haven't 100%ed, which is Crash 1, Crash Team Racing, Nitro Field and Crash 4, which Crash 4 is a a beast of a game to to 100%. It's like got a lot more stuff than what the traditional games used to used to have because there's like more boxes and hidden boxes and other sections and you've got to do the level without dying or all, all this other kind of stuff. So I would give that a really good go. Um, so I'd probably do that, I'm kind of missing, there is games I look back on and think, okay I finished those games, I can move on from them, but I think about them and I kind of miss them, I would maybe look at like Red Dead Redemption 2's platinum list, remember on Chartered 4 I got about 80% to get in the platinum, and for some reason I never finished it, so I would do that, um i don't know what point in the year assuming i've like completed say i've completed all those things and it would be i don't know what month it would actually be like i, I, don't, I don't know if it would be halfway through the year or whatever that would take a good chunk of time there, there's there from what i've just named there there's a good probably possibly 200 hours maybe um it depends on how quickly i do something like crash Four or like how easy it is to get platinums for red Dead. hopefully none of them are for the online stuff because that would i mean if if i read the trophy list for red dead 2 and it said you have to do something on online i just wouldn't do that because i think red dead is like kind of dead online so that that's that's not for me not wanting to go online and do that that would just be i could get unfortunately stuck from that and there could i know
1: that there is a a get to level 10 Achievement slash trophy for Red Dead Online. Okay, but that's just doing stuff online. That's not really dependent on other people being there.
0: Right, right. That's so again, if if that's one that's like a possibility, if I could just just gun through some, you know, uh, activity on the game, that 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 sounds more more achievable than like other things I was thinking of, like if it's hey, you've got to win three team deathmatch games in a row, or you know, something like that. That might be. A bit of a barrier again that wouldn't be me not wanting to put time into it but there could be other barriers towards that plus rocks not rocksteady rockstar could at some point just be like, "Hey, we're shutting down red dead online then your trophies are locked um i think for that by the way for, for online trophies i think that should be in a separate list that doesn't affect platinums mm-hmm. I, I really really do like for example if you want to get so on the insane trilogy for crash if you want to get the platinum for one of the games let let's say crash one is your favorite one or something You can get the Platinum for Crash Bandicoot 1. And you have that as an individual Platinum. And then the... Because there's three Platinums basically within the package. Which is 1, 2 and 3. And if for example you get, I don't know, really stuck on Crash 1. And you want to get the Platinum for Crash 3 or 2. You can do that individually. I think we should have it... So where you've got games like Red Dead or something. Have your online trophy list separate to single player. Because there could be just like barriers that... I don't know. Servers get shut down. Not enough players playing or... I don't know server issues there could be things outside of your control that stop you from getting that so um especially if it's for like an old ps3 game or something like some of those uh uh trophy lists some of those servers have been shut down for for certain things or there's just like i don't know a thousand people playing and you can't get a lobby going um so who knows uh so those are some things that i would do um that's my like initial list that that's sort of some of my list for kind of hey if there's a big big gap in gaming i would tackle some of that um because the thing i don't want to do i mean obviously i can't go and play like do crash force platinum right now because i'm in the middle of other games and i'll just get lost left behind with certain stuff because the main thing is that i did crash bandicoot 4's story right that's like the main thing mm-hmm. to to do there um, and if it was as simple as let's say Crash Two and Three's Platinum, I would have I would have already got it by now. I would have gotten it when the game came out. But there's like other extension parts to to Crash Four. Um, plus, with Crash Four, like all of my muscle memory for that game is totally gone. So that would take like a couple of maybe days or something just to get back in the groove of like the way the game feels and and all that sort of thing. So and that that would also differently apply to. Crash Team Racing, Crash Bandicoot One, Crash Bandicoot Four. Those will all be like those are all totally different sets of muscle memories. So, <clears throat> uh, those are some of the things I would do. Um, I would rather think more about other things I would do. Uh, what would you um, do in in the, in this particular scenario?
1: Yeah, I have a ton of games that I have that I bought because they were interesting at the time, and then I never did anything with them. So I would probably backlog one of those. I don't even know which one I would, but it's it's one that I, I'm sure I could go through my Steam list and see what I have available, and I could find something that I'd want to play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is there anything like on the top of your mind to sort of, I'm eager to get back um, to this one?
1: Not so much that I need to get back to the ones. The ones that, I'm, that are kind of in the forefront, I am playing. Uh, like I said, I have been doing uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, um, so I've been doing a bit of that. Um, not like religiously, but, you know, a little mm. bit here, a little bit there. Uh, same with all my uh, uh, world-building sims, like with Alien Strain of Dawn, or Furthest Frontier, games like that. I'll play them for a bit, and then since none of them are, like, an official 1.0 release, I'll wait till they do, like, the next big update and see what's changed.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Another thing I would maybe do is play um, some of the old... Oddworld games and try to like save everybody because I've never actually done that on any of them and I do have all four versions of those games, Radi- Radiant available, um, so that's something I would I would possibly do. Um, the the one thing I'm not actually bothered at doing, which might be a surprise to some of you, I obviously got the I got the two different versions of Last of Us one, which is remastered and Part One. I've got the truth I've got the platinum for Part One. I don't actually feel the need to play. Last of Us remastered, and get the uh, platinum for that, because then it kind of feels like I'm getting the platinum for a different version of the same game, and I, I just don't feel the actual need to to do that. Um, also, another barrier too that could be the fact that factions is tied in with that, so that could be a problem anyway. But I've I've got mm-hmm. in in my mind w- whether it's the PS3 version, which I don't need to ever touch, um, or the ps4 or the ps5 version i've got the platinum for the last of us one that's that's the way that i kind of look at that so um yeah the only the only different thing i would do because i've got the platinum for last of us 2 on ps4 if they do come out with the director's cut of the ps5 version i would try and get a platinum for that but that would be like a different newer version of a game i love whereas I know this might be kind of strange to, to talk about it this way, but with last of Us part one, if I go back to the previous version, I just don't feel the need to do that one. Um, so that's, that's 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 just the way that I look at it. Because I do feel kind of weird for I know Crash One and Four particularly very very challenging. I do feel kind of strange that I haven't 100 percented those games because I have was with two and three, but those are simpler games to get the the platinum for. So, um, but yeah, that that's quite a lot of stuff in of itself, and I have no idea what month it would be at that point so um there we go anyway that's what we got for you for this week's podcast uh we'll be back with another episode next week who knows what might be announced in between now and then uh could be watching a play- playstation showcase next week we could be watching anything um anything could be announced so we'll see what happens in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org. tv games films main night podcast take a look at all those that we've got you can also support us by simply telling other people about what we do where they can find it either word of mouth or social media patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers for your free podcast review options have a look out for those if you'd like to tv and film news over on geek Time radio geektown.co.uk uh geek Time radio on tuesdays tv and film news renewals, cancellations pickups air dates all that sort of thing for all that. Uh, if you want some fun content over on Twitch, you can find Bex over there, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, for classic retro chat and game streams. You can find me as well occasionally over on Twitch at E-talk UK on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Just before we go, uh, what are you going to be playing um, this upcoming week?
1: Uh, there's nothing on my radar. We've talked about it before. I'm not in the Harry Potter universe. It's, it's mm-hmm. a franchise regardless of anything else. Is anything... I've really been into so I have no interest in spending $70 on the game uh, to play. So, past Makes that, yeah. um, don't really have anything that I'm playing.
0: Hmm. We still got. Uh, what's it called? Hi-Fi. I keep forgetting the name of the game, Hi Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush? Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I play a little bit of that every now and then, so.
0: Okay, okay. Um, mine's quite obvious, I'm just going to keep going through Forspoken, Enter Life, Finish Initiate, mm-hmm. and move on to Hogwarts Legacy. So. There we go. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing within the next week or so. Of um, course, podcast. Look out for Last of Us podcast tonight. Uh, United cast on Wednesdays, and then we'll just keep doing what we're doing. So, there we go. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.